Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is proudly presented by Oxworks, Australia's largest family-owned fencing supplier and manufacturer. Your local Oxworks offers an extensive range of top-quality fencing solutions, glass and aluminium pool fencing, genuine colour-bond steel fencing, slat fencing and laser-cut screens, custom architectural panels and gates. No matter if you're a DIY enthusiast or experienced trade customer, Oxworks has you covered. Shop and browse through the hundreds of quality products online at oxworks.com.au or visit one of their stores in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria or WA. Thanks, Oxworks, for your awesome support. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered. The Dream Team series continues where we talk to all sorts. The good, the bad and the ugly of rugby league. Matty Ballon joins us. Good, bad or ugly, which group are you? Hey, Andy, um, I'd like to think the good. Yeah. I'd, I'd hope so. Probably a bit ugly as well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the coaching bug, you've got it. Are you enjoying? Yeah, yeah I'm loving it. Um, it's the closest thing you can get to, to footy, to playing footy, you know. Like we, I'm obviously retired and... Um, enjoyed a great career, um, but now it's all about coaching and helping this young Bronco side um, become a force and um, hopefully we're, we're, we're heading in the right direction. You said just before we did this interview you got a huge mm. kick coaching the school kids, yeah. almost fundamental footy stuff that we take for granted. Yeah, well, I retired from, from NRL and went back to coaching at a high school. I'm a teacher by trade. Yep. Um, went back to Wavell State High School and yeah, at some points we were coaching, you know, grade seven is that, hadn't caught a ball before and hadn't made tackles. Wow. So you go from NRL where everyone just does things like that naturally to going back and coaching that. And and um, looking back now, um, it taught me a lot about coaching and never to assume that players know things even if they mm. are in the NRL. And we had to coach those kids from from scratch. So helped me with my coaching, gave me a lot of tools and um, really enjoyable. Like you said, it took all the pressure out of it. It was just about fun and playing, playing footy and enjoying footy. So it was a great time. I don't think the public probably realised the workload or the responsibility of an assistant coach within every club's setup. The head coach certainly oversees, uh, but you guys are constantly hands-on, you're relied on with huge responsibility. It's full on. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's a, it's probably a, th- a thankless job, you know, like uh, the head coach is always there at the media conference mm. when things are going well and he's always there when things are going bad too, so... He, he cops a lot of the public praise and then a lot of the public pressure as well. Yep. Um, behind the scenes, it's his job to get the most out of the players and our job to get the most out of the players. So naturally the head coach is always asking more of the assistant coaches, probably no better example than Desi Hasler. Um, yeah. You know, I've done three years under him and he was just a great coach and mm. a great guy to work with, but – when you're losing, he just couldn't comprehend why we're losing, so he put a lot of pressure on the coaches to get more out of the players, which is just, yep. which is what you want. Um, but it, it is a lot of pressure at times when you're losing. Um, the, the head coach obviously cops that publicly, but we yeah. are under a lot of pressure internally. So it's an enjoyable job. I love it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. It wouldn't. Mm. It wouldn't pay. You know, the, the amount of money you get doesn't doesn't justify the pressure or the, yeah. the privilege of the job. It's just about enjoying the game and enjoying that process of it. Is it addictive, the coaching bug? Yeah, it is. It's it's like I said before, it, when you can't play, 
you look for something else to mm. replace that, that high of the win or the yep. low of the loss. And coaching's the next best thing. You know, you get the satisfaction of seeing a young kid improve at training or do something in a game that you taught him at training. You get the frustration of a player's behaviours coming out during the game when you've been coaching them all week not to do something like yep. that. So the ups and downs are great. You know, the, the ups are definitely better than the downs yeah. and, the, and probably the – the, the mateship you get with the other coaches and the players yep. you work with is the, the main thing I do it for. Dream Team, some have delivered their best ever 13. We've also had some theme sides. We've, we've had best tourists, best drinkers. We had a, a best league players in a rugby union set up, which was intriguing. Which way have you gone here, mate? And was it easy coming up with your side? It wasn't easy, no. I, I, I sort of played from 2005 to 2017. So my side is generally, and generally during that time it was Manly and Melbourne and, yep. and Queensland were the big big sides that I was involved with. So I, I came up with a combination between Manly, Melbourne, and Queensland. So that's it's a bit of a different one, but those are the main main things in in my team at the moment. Manly, Melbourne, and Queensland they dominate. Okay, let's start. Who's our fullback? Um, fullback was um, it was a tough one because Billy Slater was. Arguably best fullback, and that during that time, Brett Stewart was our manly fullback. And playing with Snake, I've just seen him do things that no other player can do, like winners games, like just a freakish, um, naturally talented player, like ball through the legs to to assist for a try for Stevie Maddow yep. at Brookvale. So I went with Snake. Long story short, um, he's my fullback, and you know, just through and through competitor and winner. What about your wingers? Wingers, um, Michael Robertson is on one wing. The reason being he scored three tries in a grand final. Yep. And Robbo rarely gets any sort of praise or compliments. But um, yeah. a bloke who does all the hard work out of the backfield and one of the best finishes I've ever seen. If you watch that 2008 grand final, he scores in the corner where he gets his feet in the air away from the touchline, gets the ball down. Um, he's yeah. always there. He's so reliable. Um, so if you score a hat-trick in a grand final and you still don't win Clive Churchill, he's he's in my team. Yep. Okay, what about on the other side? The other wing is Ralph Faleo, um, yep. just the big target, big body. During that time when I was playing, he was just someone you feared running at you, feared. Oh, yeah. He had to, had to, you had to get um, wingers up in his face to stop him for kick, for kick tries. He could mm. run the ball. He's just a devastating player. So I went with... Yeah, Michael Robertson and Israel Folau on the wings. Put your coaching hat on for a sec, mate. Is Israel, if you're the coach, do you play him fullback, wing, or centre? I think you still play him um, either wing or centre. I yep. think he's at fullback. It probably it gives him space to run. But what I would do is I'd let him change with my fullback. Say if Selwyn Cobo or someone's playing yeah. fullback, I'd let Israel go to fullback when Selwyn was tired or Reese yep. Walsh was tired. And then you just got power and punch and strike the oh, whole okay. game. So that, that's how I'd use Israel. Okay. What about your centres? Yeah, centres, um, again, Manly and Melbourne. Um, I couldn't go past Jamie Lyon. He was my roommate. There's a few good food stories for him off-field as well, but he was my roomie and um, just another natural footballer, like played 5'8", yeah. but his best position was centre. Um, on that right side with him, um, it was him, Glenn Stewart, um, and and – Cherry Evans at some point yep. is playing footy, so pretty much three five eights that could play in all those different positions. But just a winner, a great natural footballer, the best catch and pass I've ever seen with a player. So he'd be my right centre. Yep. Yep. Okay, what about left? Left would be um, Inglis. Um, yeah. Just like just watching him play and getting a chance to play with him at State of Origin, 
Um, and then playing against him and realising how powerful and devastating he was. Um, you know, he played 5'8 as well, but his best position is, is centre and just so devastating. I'll give him the ball early and he's a handful. You know, he'll run a good line for you. He'll create havoc. He can catch and pass the ball. Um, yeah, so my two centres, Jamie Lyon and, and Greg Inglis. There's some points out the back. We just need to get the ball there. So who's yep. your six and seven? Six and seven. It goes back to the origin theme. I, I played yep. one game and during that game as a hooker, I just remember it being so easy um, because – one Slater was at fullback, but Lockyer was on the right and Thurston was on the left. And just their their clarity with communication when they wanted the ball wow. and getting them the ball, both of them on either side of the field, was just so clear. It was just – and then obviously the skill on top of that with JT taking the line on, like I'd have him on the left all day and then Thurston on the right with, you know, with, with Jamie Lyon outside mm. him, just the threat that those two cope, those two have would be unbelievable. When we look at rugby league players across the park, I've got a theory that from club to club, they're as fast as each other, they're as strong as each other, their weights, their times, their athleticism is all pretty much on par. It's the decision-making of your key players, and and Darren Lockyer and Jonathan Thurston are proof of that. Um, Yeah, unbelievable decision-makers. My whole spine, like Brett Stewart, Jamie Jamie Lyon could be a half, but Mm. Lockyer, Thurston, and then the bloke I'll name a hooker, just like the best decision-makers – in the game, yep. and like they're they're probably maybe they're not as talented physically, although Thurston and Lockyer are pretty specimens, yep. the type of players. But just the decisions they make and the the way they handle big moments in games, like we've seen Thurston and Lockyer win Origins, mm. and Brett Stewart win Grand Finals, um, just through decisions they make. So you hit the nail on the head. This episode is proudly presented by Oxworks, Australia's largest family-owned fencing supplier and manufacturer. Your local Oxworks offers an extensive range of top quality fencing solutions. Glass and aluminium pool fencing. Genuine colour bond steel fencing. Slat fencing and laser cut screens. Custom architectural panels and gates. No matter if you're a DIY enthusiast or experienced trade customer, Oxworks has you covered. Shop and browse through the hundreds of quality products online at oxworks.com.au or visit one of their stores in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria or WA. Thanks, Oxworks, for your awesome support. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Dream Team. We've got a Premiership winner and a 220-gamer with us in Maddie Ballon. We've heard his back, so let's go into the pack, mate. Who have you got locking? Yep, lock um, Nate Miles. Played um, a lot of footy against Nate and, you know, never to run at him as a hooker. I tried to steer our forwards away yeah. from him just because he was just – he didn't care. Like, he didn't have any self-preservation with his body. Yeah. And he just was like – the closest thing to the axe, Trevor Gilmeister, as we have in our – Game, you know, same tackler as a Jake Travojevich. Yep. Nowadays, they're just powerful defenders that don't care about their body. So, and, and with the ball, like Nate, Nate was a really underestimated footy player with the ball. Yeah. He was fast, especially in his younger days. I remember watching him for the Roosters make a chase down. He chased down some unbelievable, I think it was a David Mead or someone like that wow. from the Gold Coast when he was playing for the Roosters. He was fast and, um, and there's no better competitor. I got to play with him in Origin and just to see the way he handled himself in that arena. Mm. You know, again, not a not a, a specimen of a player, but just the way he handled himself, his yeah. attitude for defense, his attitude as far as team, that, that sort of goes a long way in my book to the to the teams and the players that I'm picking here today. 
Absolute two-man, Nate Miles. What about your second rowers, mate? Second rowers, two manly boys. Um, just just the way they played football for Manly was unbelievable and just tenacious and two of the blokes I'd love to have in any team I play was Anthony Watmo would be on the left um, and Glenn Stewart on the right. We talked about that, the right edge of mm. of Manly playing with, with, you know, Cherry Evans at half, Jamie Lyon at centre and Glenn Stewart at back row. Wow. It's, there's no way you can defend that and, and lock down any sort of one of them. They're all just like halfbacks or five-eights in – Back rowers and centers' bodies. Um, yeah. The amount of shape that Glenn had on that right side took so much pressure off all our other halves. And Anthony Watmo on the left, he was when when I played hooker, he was one that his first hit up would be as powerful as his seventieth or seventy fifth minute Amazing. hit up. You give him the ball when you had trouble, and he just mm. he just wouldn't think and just run as hard as he could and just get you a quick play of the ball and get you out of trouble. So. He was fantastic on our on our left. He'd be my left left back row. Every footy side needs the batshit crazy bloke. Yeah, um, and you can't do what you you used to be able to, but there's still a need for every footy side to have the aggressor, uh, the alpha male, the one that is batshit crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. and Anthony, was it. yeah, isn't he? He was it, and, the, and like you say, like it's a good point. I forgot about that, but. A lot of these blokes are pretty crazy, but what may would be the most crazy. Yeah. And in a game, you just want those blokes on your team. Like you said, when whenever yeah. something hits the fan, Chockey would be there and he'd have anyone's back, even if, you know, even if you were the one that was disliked amongst your team. Yeah. He'd still have your back and he'd still be <laughs> getting into the opposition. So that was a great trade of Chockey. Okay, what about our props? Yeah, front rowers. Um, another manly boy that was probably one of the best front rowers at that time was Brent Kite. Yeah. Just a big body. Carried the ball hard, pretty good defensively, like like short up the middle, worked hard and got a really strong carry in him and um, a bit of footy too, like he wouldn't mind passing the yeah. ball. Yeah. I think you remember that 2008 grand final. He puts um, Michael Robertson away off the kickoff. He kicked the ball and we talked about the Melbourne wingers coming infield and Cotty was always a thinker. He was watching and saw that the winger was coming in, so he tipped Michael Robertson off that he's going to catch the ball or get the ball caught by the halfback, pass to him, run towards the halfback on that the side of the field and then pass to Robbo who was flying down the sideline. And he put Robbo away and just gets you set off to a good start. So not only could he carry the ball hard, but he'd think about his game and he'd have little subtleties like that to add in and just keep oppositions guessing. So he was one of my props. Um, the other one was um, a Queensland compatriot who I just respected growing up as a kid then eventually got to play with him. Was um Petro Simonaceva, yep, and he was one of the hardest, toughest front rowers in the game. Like really gentle, kind man, but yeah, when he carried the ball, he'd turn his hip and just have elbows and legs and that flying everywhere. Yeah, and he was just a just torture to tackle, and then could whack as well in defence and would again was pretty mobile, like for a big man, like yeah. get around the field and work hard in defence, give you an offload. But just having those two together with that punch would would just be really, really good for a hooker to play. Do I need to ask about hooker? No, nah, you don't need to ask. I think everyone knows that Cameron Smith um, is, would be the hooker. I was going to name myself, but yeah, you should. I should have. No, no, he he was head and shoulders ahead of me, old Smithy. Um, just and this is what I said before. He was the best decision maker in the game at that yep. time. Again, like physically, I think physically we underestimated him. He had really strong legs. Yep. Upper body was like a bit of an accountant's upper body. Yeah. But legs, we always used to talk about how strong he was in tackles and mm. 
how he just keep driving his legs so he had to go in and pin him or take him out. Yeah. And then okay. decision making, he was just the best decision maker. Like he knew where the ball needed to go. He knew how long to hold the ball up to mm. to keep the marker interested long enough to get the ball out to someone. So I was just thinking like if with Smith playing footy with, you know, Lockyer on the right, uh, Glenn Stewart on the right oh, and Jamie Lyon wow. on the right, like yeah. just hard to defend. Like just they would be scoring points left, right and centre. There were a lot of disappointed and frustrated fullbacks when Graham Langlands was at the top of his game. A lot of disappointed five eights through the Bob Fulton, Wally Lewis era. How frustrating did it get behind a guy that, you know, may well be regarded as the best ever? Yeah, well, it's funny because, I mean, it was frustrating. I can't lie. It was definitely frustrating, but it was just a part of playing in that period. Like, I, I yeah. was really, really lucky to get to play one game for Queensland, State of Origin. Yep. I roomed with Smithy. And before that, I, like, there was this hatred between Manly and Melbourne, and we, yeah. just, we just really hated each other. Like, I hated Smith, Slater, Cronk. Uh, not so much the other boys, but there was just this real hatred. Yep. And um, then when I got to meet him during that origin period, they were just real good blokes. And yeah. I roomed with Smithy and he helped me a lot with my game. And even after the game, like I had a fair game of state of origin. Like it was wet and Cronk came off. I played about 60. After the game, Smithy was in the sheds and we're all having a bit of a joke. And he goes to Mal, oh, Mal, I don't think you'll pick me for game two, I think it was. And just, just stuff like that. Nice. It was just a nice touch from him. And he's a champion bloke. Yeah, he is. But being behind him was frustrating. It was also just a privilege to watch him play and learn off him and, you know, compete against him. That was a real – that was one of the highlights of my career, just competing against Melbourne, mm. competing against Smith. Um, but probably the, the, the paycheck, the, the, the contracts <laughs> would have had a few more zeros if, if he hadn't come in handy. But – but it was good fun. It was good. Brett Stewart is the fullback. Michael Robertson, Israel Folau, the wingers. Gee, there's some points there. Greg Inglis, Jamie Lyon in the centres. Halves are Darren Lockyer and Jonathan First. And the forward pack is Brent Kite, Cameron Smith, Petro Sivanasiva, Anthony Watmo, Glenn Stewart and Nate Miles. Always a pleasure catching up. Mally Ballon, very fair team. Appreciate it and keep well. Thanks, Andy. Good to chat, mate. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, another cracking week on the podcast where you can listen to any episode at any time. Just download the lot and rip in. Early in the week, it's the Legends series where, over two episodes, we talk footy and life with some of the game's greats. They are without peer when it comes to storytelling. The Rugby League Superpod comes out just in time for the round of footy It's the hottest podcast on the market with 12 different player interviews each and every episode. Yep, a dozen interviews with all your favourites every week. The Dream Team series will get you through the weekend. No dramas. Past and present players deliver their best ever 13 or could be best drinkers, funniest teammates or worst trainers. Every one of them is a beauty you'll love but disagree with too. Four episodes weekly on the only podcast that talks with the superstars, not about them, each and every episode. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.